Welcome back to our study of the book of Philippians. We are in Philippians chapter 4 today, Philippians 4, 10 to 13. Uh, the last verse of our passage is a verse that will be very familiar to you. Uh, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's a verse that shows up a lot. It's one of the more popular verses in the Bible. And one of the things we're going to look at and talk about is, what does all things there mean? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. What, what does that mean? Does it mean what people usually uh, seem to think that it means? Or is there something in the context that can help us understand more clearly what Paul means by being able to do all things in Christ? That's just one of the things we're going to look at today. So let's look at Philippians 4, verses 10 to 13. Paul says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, what we find here at the end of the letter is some more information and insight about why Paul wrote this letter in the first place. Uh, the Philippian church, of course, would have known why he was writing this letter because they were involved in the give and take with Paul. But uh, we don't really find out some of the details until the very end. And what we find here at the end of the letter is that the church in Philippi has sent Paul a gift while he's in prison and that he is expressing his gratitude to the church for this gift that they have sent to him. For example, in verse um, 18 of chapter 4, he says, I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. So they, we knew from chapter 2 that they had sent Epaphroditus to Paul to minister to him while he was in prison and that Paul was now sending Epaphroditus back to them because he had been sick and they had been concerned for him. And so Paul wanted um, Epaphroditus to, to be able to go back to his church that he was missing and longing for. Um, so that was one piece of what was going on. But another piece of it was that Epaphroditus, when he came to Paul, he had apparently brought gifts uh, with him, sent by the church at Philippi, that Epaphroditus delivered, that Paul is now expressing his gratitude for. Um, and this has been really sort of um, present in the letter from the very beginning, even though we might not have caught it because we didn't know all that was going on, just like listening to one side of a telephone conversation. Uh, sometimes you think you're getting the whole story, but find out later you weren't. Uh, in Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 3, he says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So Paul has this, uh, what seems to be a, a somewhat unique relationship with the church at Philippi. This letter is more filled with joy um, and gratitude than most of his letters. There seems to be a um, a nearness and a, a closeness between Paul and the church at Philippi that we can feel in this letter that maybe we don't feel in, in some of the others. 
Um, and one of the things that um, explains that is what Paul was talking about there at the very beginning, that from the first, the church at Philippi had been partners with Paul. They did not merely receive the gospel from Paul, but they were partners with him in advancing the gospel. So they had a, a, a genuine gospel partnership from the, from the very beginning. And Paul is saying that has lasted all the way until now. Um, and this is what he's talking about in verse 10 of chapter 4 when he says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. In other words, I'm rejoicing because uh, this gift that you sent, not just um, receiving the gift, but what the gift means. It's, it's an expression of your care, an expression of your concern, an expression of your love uh, that has been revived for me. And he says, I, he says, I don't mean by that 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 you didn't care about me, like you did care and then you went through a season where you didn't care and then now you've you decided you care about me again. But for a while there, you didn't have an opportunity to express your care and concern. And now you have, and having received that expression of your care and concern with this gift that you sent by Epaphroditus has brought me great joy, right? He, he feels loved, he feels cared for, um, and he's, he's rejoicing in that. Um, and you know, there's something interesting that we can, we can take from that, right? And that is that um, gifts are a part of what bind people together and a part of what um, enable us to express our love for others, right? Probably some of the people that you're closest to in your life and that you uh, love the most and, and, and care about the most, um, probably those are some of the people that you consistently exchange gifts with, maybe uh, during the holidays or uh, around birthdays or anniversaries, right, for your spouse. Um, that That's a way of showing to somebody that you uh, you still you care about them. You're connected to them. You you're concerned about them. You want to bless them, and you show them that in a tangible way through a gift or through a card or a letter, or an act of service or whatever. Um, that these are these are things that that bind us together um, with other people. All right, so um, Paul is rejoicing at having received this gift, not mainly because of what the gift itself is. Um, as he'll express to us uh, in the rest of the letter, but mainly because, or at least partly because of um, what the gift means, right? That the gift is an expression of their uh, continued partnership with Paul in the gospel. It's an expression of their uh, concern for him as uh, an apostle who's seeking to spread the gospel all around the world, who's been imprisoned, right? Who's suffering hardship? They wanted to know, uh, we're still with you, Paul. We're still with you. Uh, we still support you. We still care about you. And um, a, a gift uh, sent to him by the hand of Epaphroditus communicates that in a practical, tangible way. That's what he's rejoicing about. And then he says, verse 11, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. In other words, I'm not saying that because you hadn't sent me a gift in a while that that means that I was in some sort of desperate need um, as though you are obligated to send me stuff or I'm going to be in, in serious trouble. He said, that's, that's not what I'm saying. 
Um, and, and then he says the reason why he's not saying that is because he's learned in whatever situation he is to be content. Right? He's learned contentment um, in all circumstances. Right? In whatever situation I am to be content. Now, um, this is something that uh, when we stop to think about it, um, many of us struggle with a, a feeling of contentment or or um, expressing contentment, right? That um, it's very easy uh, to feel like there's always something else that you've got to have, uh, especially that, I mean, as, you know, access to all kinds of things is uh, just a few buttons away on our phone. We can have something arrive on our doorstep in a couple of days. Um, you know, we're, we're um, often, uh, reminded of just how many things we think we need and how many things we uh, chase after, right? And so we don't always feel terribly content. Um, so what does Paul say to us here about contentment? What does it look like? What does he mean by uh, learning to be content in whatever circumstance he finds himself in? Verse 12, he says, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Now, that's probably not the way we would have talked about or framed a discussion of contentment. We might would say, um, I really wish I knew how to um, be content with less. I really wish I knew how to um, deal with not having as many things as I want to have or not buying as many things as I uh, usually buy or, or, you know, how to, you know, the negative side, right? How to do with less, how to have less, how to, how to want less. Um, that's mainly what we think about in terms of contentment. That's only one half of it, though. Paul says another part of his contentment is he knows how to handle having an abundance, right? So contentment is not only about how you respond when you don't have the things that you would like to have. Contentment is also about how you respond when you do have the things that you want to have. Right? So if, you, if you're lacking things that you um, either want or need, or if you have an abundance, you have plenty. In both of those situations, you can um, have contentment. You can be content. You can practice contentment. So, what does he what does he mean by that? What does that look? Why would he say I've learned how to be content with abundance? I've I've learned the secret of facing plenty. What do you mean the secret of facing plenty? Is facing plenty a struggle? Well, it can be. Right. On the one hand, um, if we don't have the things that we think we need or the things that we want. Um, then we can be tempted to covet the things that others have. We can be tempted to complain about not having the things that we want. Um, we can be tempted to uh, take out anger or frustration or whatever on others um, because we feel like we're owed something that we don't have. And so uh, we're not we're not content. That's that's a real struggle. That's what we normally think of. But on the other hand, if we have all the things that we think that we want or need, we have an abundance, we have plenty, the danger there is that then we 
won't think about God. We won't realize how dependent we are upon Him. Or uh, we will allow those things that we have to take the place of God in our life, that our possessions or the people in our lives or whatever, um, that those things will become what our whole life revolves around instead of our life uh, revolving around the Lord. Uh, uh, God warned the Israelites about this in the Old Testament, uh, warned them about them being blessed and then forgetting God, forgetting that God was the one who gave them all those blessings. So both things are a danger. Paul sees danger in um, the hardships of being in prison, and he sees danger in uh, being in a situation where he has all that he wants to eat, right, and and an abundance of all the things that he would like to have uh, around him. He sees a challenge in both. Both situations tempt us to, in one way or another, turn from the Lord and turn toward other things. So uh, Paul says, but I've learned how to handle both of those. I've learned how to have a lot of things without those things turning my heart from the Lord. And I've learned how to do without a lot of things without that making me bitter toward the Lord or angry toward the Lord. Um, what is that secret? How does he do that? Well, the secret is in verse 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. All right, so what does that verse really mean then? We see, again, we see that verse uh, quoted a lot. Uh, people use it a lot. Um, and probably a lot of the times using it the right way. Sometimes, um, you know, it can be used in a way that doesn't really fit with the context here. Um, but what it means here is um, I am able to face any kind of hardship, difficulty um, in my life through Christ because Christ enables me. Christ is the one who enables me to be content. Christ is the one who enables me to face the temptation of having a lot of things um, without letting those things turn me away from the Lord. Christ is the one who enables me to sit in prison and probably have meager food supplies and not much uh, time with friends perhaps, or I mean, depending on the circumstances of the prison, but some kind of hardship, right? Um, that he enables me to face that without growing bitter and grumbling and complaining and, and all those kinds of things. So uh, we have to be careful because, you know, sort of the classic example is, if two football teams say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, what does that mean? They can't both win, right? But what uh, is sometimes behind um, even that use of, of, uh, of the verse is, in, in the best sense, right, is um, being aware that whatever hardship, challenge, difficulty I face, um, Jesus can help get me through. It doesn't mean that I can, you know, I can bench press 500 pounds through Christ who strengthens me. That's not what it's talking about. But it does mean that I can um, navigate hard circumstances in my life through Christ who strengthens me. Um, it does mean that I can um, navigate, again, a life of abundance without forsaking the Lord through Christ who strengthens me. So that's what the verse is really about, right? It's about Jesus being present with us by the Spirit, empowering us, enabling us to walk whatever path the Lord has put us on um, in a way that honors Him uh, without forsaking Him 
in a way that keeps us from grumbling and complaining on the one hand, or from turning from him and trusting in the things that we have received on the other hand. So um, that's what it looks like to be content. Now, uh, again, that's something that is available to all of us, but it's something that probably most of us can grow in, right? That we want to grow in um, our contentment, grow in our dependence upon the Lord. And uh, it's a good verse. That last verse is a good verse to have memorized uh, and to have in your mind often. Whatever challenge you're facing at work, in your family, in your church, um, I mean, just all the stuff that we're all going through right now, um, the daily changes and, and new scenarios and all the stuff that we're facing, um, this is a good verse for, that, for this season, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can trust in Him. I can depend upon Him. And through Him, I can navigate this situation in a way that honors Him. Amen.